0: This morning, let me just kind of back up. You know, last month, Trav asked me to speak at Smithsburg Church uh, during the evening. So last week, I'm preparing the message, thinking about, and I get an email from Albert. He said, hey, do you mind uh, sharing the message at uh, here, Frederick Church? I said... uh, I about it, thought about it, and said, sure, Albert. As I'm, I didn't get a chance to send the scripture for this morning. I was, um, last week or so, I was super, super busy traveling, meeting friends, family. But I think there was a reason why I didn't get a chance to send today's message. It's in First John, chapter 4, 7 through 12. I didn't tell anybody about the message or the verse there is a I'm so encouraged to see how the Holy Spirit moves touches our hearts so uh, I think that message I was preparing for Smithsburg was exactly for the, here. Uh, we love how God ordains things Amen. what a good father we serve that he makes it happen. Um, so Trav asked me, you know, a couple of, about a month and a half to, uh, ago, he said, you know, do you mind sharing some of the challenges to advancing the gospel in Oriani? You know, Oriani is where we serve. And update us regarding the church progress. Um, Hopefully I'll answer both of those uh, requests in this sermon. I'm sure you guys would like to know that too. Um, This is more of a sermon slash testimony. As many of you know, I was a member here. Uh, I started uh, attending this church about five months after the church was uh, planted here. Uh, And the way... I I was serving in Haiti at that time and I I, I was in California for a week during that time and uh, transitioning to Frederick and during that week I heard about, I heard C.J. Mahaney and I was like, Lord, is there a church like that in Frederick? And, you know, a plant was happening right then so I knew exactly where God had us. Um, And then... uh, For a year, I was at Smithsburg serving with Trav. Today, I'll be speaking quite openly uh, and personally about um, how we are progressing our work. As you already know, we've made quite a bit of progress over the last four years uh, in Oriani with the school, with our work. We've heard many testimonies, Facebook posts, etc. Uh, we know, um, but um, how can I say this? Progress in God's kingdom does not come without seasons of hardship and challenges. God sent us as change agents through Christ. Imagine. When light comes, darkness, it, 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 there is a conflict, you know. So, t- some, some of the things I'm going to be sharing today is going to be quite hard to hear. But please bear with me. Uh, my hope is that you'll see God's hand in advancing his kingdom through times of hardship. Um, I thank God for... Close knit leadership team he has over us that is constantly guiding us through praying, uh, supporting us in many ways, advising. We have issues we can call, share our burdens. Um, close personal friends that are uh, sustaining us through your prayers. Um, so let's turn to 1 John, uh, chapter 4. We'll be looking at verses 7 through 12, okay? Let me read it out loud. Beloved, let's love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Let's pray. Father, we we thank you for grace. Thank you that you will give us the grace of illumination. Illuminate our minds, our thoughts, our hearts, Lord, that we could hear what you have to say, Lord, teach us uh, what you, from John chapter 4, teach us, Lord, Lord, not just to teach us, but give us a heart to take the next step after we hear what you have to say. You have to empower us. You have to equip us, Lord. Every part of our fiber, you have to prepare us to take that step. In Christ's name I pray. In 2010, Gospel Lady was created to reach um, a region deep in the mountains of Haiti. You know, I would say that it's one of the most impoverished regions of Haiti. You know, as you know, Haiti is a very impoverished country. Imagine one of the most impoverished regions in that country. Okay. Um, Take one of the deep country places like the Appalachia. You know, that's where we live. You know, uh, people lack most of the basic needs, food, water, proper toilets, power, plumbing is not even an option, you know. So it's pretty challenging uh, living there. Uh, Many people that come to visit always want to know, why did we pick Oriani? You know, the short answer to that question is, way before 2010, God let me experience His love for the people of Oriani and how much He cared for the people in that region. And the second reason is, you know, right there is one of my closest friends, uh, Pastor Bollier. He is a mission leader. He oversees about 16 churches uh, in that uh, uh, east region, uh, southeast region of Haiti. For the past 15 years, we have developed such close friendship. And because um, of his stability, his... Uh, he has invited us and shared some of the deep challenges of that region. You know, I'll just... Yesterday, we were at David Adams' uh, house, and David asked this question. He said, Pastor Bollier, um, what is your vision for your people? I think it's good to hear, you know, from a, a local Haitian leader, what his vision is for his people. Um... He said, um, I want to see the hearts of my people change. I want to see them be educated. In Haiti there is a big problem of leadership. I want them to be trained in leadership and how to lead so they can make good decisions for their future. You know. So by God's grace He has partnered us together and through a bond of friendship. And now We're able to serve that region, you know, in the same way we partner, you know, uh, uh, to advance the gospel. Our focus is to build a gospel centered community, you know, thus we have the name Gospel Haiti. Even though a gospel centered community is our primary focus, we decided to do it in an unconventional way through the school and then uh, through the church. The model is kind of backwards, and the reason for that is that uh, we wanted to, this would give us the time to really understand the people, the culture, their challenges, church life, um, because we don't want to come with a Western mindset thinking that's how the gospel could be advanced. You know, we have to take the time. So it's giving us a wonderful time. We're always in discussion. Well, these are the challenges. How do we uh, advance the gospel? How do we build a gospel-centered church in Oriani? And, you know, uh, we're slowly learning, growing. And I think this community is kind of happening uh, naturally on its own over the last few years. Um, back in 2010 uh, uh, school-wise our intention was to build a school that's um, comparable to schools in the west here uh, or in europe Uh, we intended to provide some of the best education uh, same food water etc as we would provide for our own children in a way our kids were the benchmark you know by God's grace, the timing was perfect. Sophia entered pre-K. And I'll give you a quick example. The first week of school, we were, we started in the back of Festival, one of Pastor Bolir's churches. And, you know, I, we sent Sophia with a book bag with a water bottle, with water, filtered water we purchased, you know, or actually we had a water filter at that time. God speak to our heart. Said, if Sofia is a benchmark, I want all those ch- children drinking the same water Sophia is drinking, even though they're used to drinking water from that area. That week, I had to go to the north of Haiti buy water filters, like bio water filters, so we can have that. You know, so sometimes we don't even realize it, but thank goodness, you know, we have people like little Sophia that can help us. You know. Um, I used to teach honors-level math and accelerated class here at Urbana Middle School. And lots of kids in Urbana are not just college-bound, but they're going to excel in whatever career they choose, mainly because they have the opportunities. You know, they have great teachers, great schools, great community, uh, basic needs are met. So those kids will excel. That's what we're trying to do with Gospel AD School you know, especially through a servant leadership model. That was the idea. We took five years to plan that. You know, back in the days we had uh, Jim Hogue and different people in the academic, you know, we were planning. Uh, We didn't see it, it was just in a vision. So once we arrived over the, uh, what I mean by arriving is over the last four years, we hit reality. Here's the reality check. Our teachers were very ill-equipped. You know, they barely graduated high school. For example, our teacher Roland, uh, who teaches second grade this year, he started with us with a ninth grade education. And he was teaching at another uh, school locally. Um, We took him where he was, and then our goal was to get him ready to teach... uh, one of the, our curriculums uh, with the same standards for math we have the same curriculum as we have here at Urbana and, and for French m- language and uh, math is a big deal in, in, uh, so our French program is a Swiss program and our teachers should be ready to teach at that level you know um, so that that's a roadblock. Our region was one of the most cholera-hit regions a few years ago when there was a cholera outbreak. Um, huge sanitation problems. All the water we've tested are contaminated. Okay, so what are we going to do? You know, there are many malnutrition due to the lack of food in that region. A uh, few months ago, World Food Program. Uh, is doing a partnership with the European Union. And um, they approved a nutrition program for our region because of the malnutrition. And the year before, you know, there was a year that I took a break and I came here. I gave the keys to a young missionary couple and said, uh, I put some people in uh, overseeing them. And I said, please take care of the school for a year. I have to go to the US. At that time, I had to finish my sabbatical year. Um, Due to some extreme situation, we had to force evacuate them out of Haiti, back to Switzerland. Um, There were riots as a result of our missionaries. And I blame my my leadership because I didn't train them enough to get them ready. And huge challenge, okay? Then last year, we hit one of the biggest challenges we could ever face. You know, these kids come to us with pre-K, okay? They are four and five-year-olds. One of the pre-K kids last year was sexually abused on the way. It didn't happen at the school but happened on the way uh, home in their community. And the boy that did this was one of the grandchildren of a pastor, okay? And uh, comes from a very religious background. Um, yeah, so many, many, many challenges, okay? Okay. Um, we are so far in the mountains, and over the last four years, I had a lot of, you know, I have quite a bit of educational experience. I had many doubts about children, and I, we talked in our leadership, uh, said, I'm not, I see there's something going on, I, I can't fully touch what's going on, I don't understand it, but I don't like what I'm seeing in the faces of some of these kids. A um, couple of years I'm trying to study understand have conversation then I find out that uh, child ch- uh, ex- child exploitation is pretty big okay uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it for example the background of the voodoo or the background let's say that no law enforcement. Um, and another thing I find out is they, they live in these little huts, okay? Two-room huts. You have five, six, eight people living in these houses. Only two rooms. And one room is for the couple, or husband, wife, and the other room is for everybody else. And the solution to these problems, we have no way to solve. Okay? It's a it's a pretty big solution. Challenges that we face. You know, what would someone like me do in a time like this? We put all our eggs in our in this basket. We we believed in this vision. Okay, we still believe in it. Our kids are there. My wife is there. Right. Uh, our edu- their future, my future, our family's future. So there were a couple of months. I can say that I was pretty much in a very dark place, almost depression like. I don't know what depression feels like, but I feel like that. Um, I was questioning everything, you know. But thank goodness for friends, right? During that time, the Holy Spirit leads me to 1 John chapter 4, 4 through 12. You know, it's. You can find comfort through friends. But true solution comes from the Word of God. Without the Word of God, there, we would have no strength. We would crumble under this pressure. Okay? So I I found strength through uh, chapter 4, 7 through 12. And why do I share this? Because... I hope you guys can see that we have to focus on the Word of God to take us through, carry us through. Okay, the work is finished on the cross. There's a process for us, Um, and so as we look at today's passage on God's attribute, I believe three things will emerge: God is love; love is from God. And love one another. Okay, those three things from this portion. Let's look at the first part. Uh, God is love. Every religion talks about love. It's one of the best topics. If you want to, you know, hang out with cool people, you know, it's all about love, right? Uh, back in the seventies and all that. The Hindus, the Muslims, the New Age, everyone. For few months ago, we had a, a a young girl from Switzerland. She came to do photography, you know. Um, our friends from Switzerland sent her to do photography. Uh, so she loved what was happening at the school, you know, we, in the evenings. We would sit down, eat, talk, things like that. And she talked a lot about her travel. She would go to the East Asia, do good work, you know, Uh, many different kind of things. And she said her motivation is love. The love that motivates her and us are like a million miles apart. Okay, What was motivating her, that was a human love. And what motivates us is a love that's Right here in, in this portion of the scripture, it's the agape love, right? It's the love that comes from God. Um, we are motivated by uh, a, a love which we're going to define through the scriptures. I love when the scripture can help me define it. You know, First John four uh, ten. Let's look at that. Um, In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sin. You know, um, when we look at agape love, it does not originate from man at all, right? Um, Like Timothy, my son, uh, I don't think he's a Christian. He's two years old, okay? Okay. The love that he has, does it's not the agape. He has no clue of about agape love. He wants to eat. He wants to play. You know, it's it's a totally different love. You know, um, you know, um, there. Are, I, I believe there are about hundred and thirty five verses in First John, and Apostle John talks about love forty six times. So it's pretty important in the. Uh, book of John, First John, about the focus on agape love. I'm not an experienced preacher, okay? So I'm not going to try to uh, um, define that. So I need the help of Grudem, okay? So l- let me uh, quote what Grudem said about uh, God's agape love. God's love means that God eternally gave himself for, to others. This definition understands love as a self-giving for the benefit of others. This attribute shows that it is part of his nature to give himself in order to bring about blessing or good for others. In the book of John, chapter 17, that was another portion today that was shared, that this was part of Jesus' prayer. Our Lord said in John 17, 26, I've made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. This is the agape love. You know, when we look at the agape love that comes from God, verse 7 Let's look at that. Beloved, let's love one another. Love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. It's almost as if the Apostle John is saying that Christians are known by their expression of God's love. You know, as we know, agape love does not originate from us. That's, That's an important distinction, right? then how do we get this kind of love? You know, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, God the Father gives it to us at the time of our new birth. 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. That we should be called children of God. And so we are, okay? The reason why the world does not know us is that it does not know Him. So, I've I finished that quote. You and I have that, this agape love because of the cross, right? As we continue to read it. It's not... Is it not interesting that Apostle John does not say... If you're born of God, then you will demonstrate God's love. It's backwards, actually. You know, it's, it's like the computer coding uh, terms. Here's the if-then statement. This is, um, this is such a central part of our new nature. Apostle John goes on to say that if we demonstrate God's agape love, then we know God. Look what it says in verse 7. Beloved, let's love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. It's backwards, you know. Um, An important question we need to ask ourselves as a church is this, or even, um, does people of Oriani or Frederick or Smithsburg, you know, does the people of that region are do they know us by our demonstration of agape love you know we could be doing great things but let's say that we're doing preaching is it coming out of our agape love if if we are, if I'm doing great school right I'm I'm building this amazing program is that a demonstration of god's agape love you know if it's not, everything is in vain. It's useless. Uh, because we're going to build these amazing children that are academically focused, but they're going to be lost. Right? They're going to be rich people that are lost. That's that's not our purpose. You know, um, you know I believe we will influence our community when... Um, the people, us, we are known by demonstration of our love to our community, our people. Over the past few years, I've heard many, I've had many opportunities to travel to Europe, where my wife, you know, her um, parents live, and we had many Sw- Swiss people come. And sometimes, you know, uh, even in Haiti, I have many opportunities to meet different people, okay? Okay. Um what I've noticed is, is when I have an opportunity to share Christ in Europe it's almost like um there is a hatred okay not only that not not just a hatred but uh offenses I feel a sense of you guys are so foolish why do you why are you in in that thing okay only foolish people would go into Christianity or uh, whatever their thoughts are. Uh, in uh, when some people come to serve in Haiti that are not Christians, we have conversation, I get the same sense uh, And if you in my experience I also see over t- the last 10, 15 years same things happen in Europe happens you know our churches are in decline. In Haiti, it's happening. In Europe, it's minuscule now, the church, right? And the United States, the same thing is happening. And one thing uh, that we are always aware of in, uh, in Gospel Haiti in our leadership is this. Let's say that we're doing service, feeding the poor the new age people, or the Islam, or the people of other religions, they can do the same thing. They can do the exact same thing. Um, or, let's say, you know, we love the topic of leadership. And when we look at the leadership strategies of like these multi great organizations, or the new up-and-coming leaderships, they're very good. Okay. When we compare that against some of the Christian leadership things, I think we may even be a little bit behind. Okay? Uh, and you can just compare many, many different things. You know, this is the church models. If we use these strategies that are business savvy, those are all different strategies that are uh, well thought out, great stuff, right? But one thing that I realize is this. The one thing no one can ever copy is our demonstration of God's love. No one. If we miss that mark, our leadership... We can have the same leadership strategies, okay? But if we do it through the demonstration of God's love, nobody can copy that, right? Right? or serving the poor feeding the poor you know whatever we are doing we have to get back to that first John doing it through God's love uh, and let, let's look at the third part love one another you know here's a question for you how do you love an unlovable christian You know, for me, it's easier to love a non-Christian because you can see they're lost, okay? But when I see a Christian that used to love God and in in church they're praising, okay, worshiping, but they're absolutely living wicked, it's hard for me to love. I'm just uh, telling you from my experience, you know. Um, Do you remember that, Incident that I told you, I don't want to repeat the whole thing with the children, you know, especially that pastor's family. Uh, This pastor has a few children. They are in their 30s, 40s. So we we suspend this child that did this so we can figure out what to do. It's easy to say, you know what, um, uh, you're gone forever. Go find another school. But sometimes that's not what God has for you for that person so we have to take the time uh, let God show us what to do right um, so we, took, we suspended the child and we're in a waiting period to hear you know, what God has to say discuss with our leadership team um, just pray okay, this went on for about a month so one of the chil- uh, um pastor's son, he's an elder in one of the churches he comes to us Uh, and let me just give you a little bit of background. The Haitian culture is a passive culture, okay? They're not going to confront you. If there's something wrong, they won't just tell you to your face. Uh, But they'll do it in a passive way. So this this guy was passive-aggressive, meaning that he wanted to find a fault in the school Use that as the pressure to reinstate his nephew. Okay, so he comes to us. Um, he comes to... Um, we are very sensitive because of the riots we had the year before. Uh, of how we want to work within the community, their inputs and all that. So the, the son comes to us and says, You know, I see that you don't have a Haitian flag uh, in your school that means that you don't respect us. And he is trying to cause a problem within the community. Okay? And how we would stand. When we are under pressure, he's expecting we're going to let him in stage so it can go silent. No, we stood the pressure. We said, uh, well, there's a reason for that. You know, that's why we have a parent committee. Committees decide. Um, but I was so angry at this man. Not only that, what's worse is this. I've taught many times in this church. I've had personal relationship with this man, meaning that on a friendship level. And when things didn't go his way, he was trying to attack us, okay? So, what do you do? Here... In 1 John 11 and 12, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God's love abides in us and his love is perfected in us. If that was not there, I would never be talking to him. I was confronted. I said, Lord, I don't have it. I don't have the strength to even sit with him. I don't have what it takes to do uh, what you want me to do. Uh, Have a conversation. Thank goodness I don't have it. That's why we can rely on the agape love. If we back up a little bit and if you look my sin on that cross Jesus' provision for that right what can what can what sin can people do to me or gospel lady or anything that is unforgivable what can people do nothing people can do nothing when we see our sins on that cross. And God had to take me to that place way back in the day when I was a wicked person. I was a horribly wicked person. God had to show me that His Son died for me. I had to come to a place where God had forgiveness for me, redemption for me through that cross. Then I call Bollier, my friend. I said, "Pastor Bo, we need to talk. I would like to meet with that man. We need to have a, a discussion." To, you know, we had a discussion. During this time, I also learned this: sometimes God is going to take us through some very tough times, so He can receive God's grace. God's forgiveness, God's mercy. You know, I don't have the mercy to offer, but through God's provision, He will experience it. That's the only way. You know, so He had to take me. During that time, I learned more about God's love for me. So I was able to forgive this man. And the second phase of that, okay, now, what are we going to do with that boy? It's, you know, he doesn't, they don't pay anything, right? Uh, essentially, we have full control. There is nothing, we can easily let him go and pick, there are waiting lines for our school. So, it's, that's not the problem. But, is that what God has for us? So, we, we believed through our leadership too, we confirmed it, said, you know what, we're going to give this boy another chance. We're going to ex- let him experience God's love for him. So during the summer, we took him through. I personally met with him. Uh, you know, we don't have Brooklyn. So I'm the Brooklyn, right? So, <laughs> uh, so we went through some um, intervention program with him. He would come. Uh, sit, do some work. I have some ch- uh, time to talk about these issues, and then finally, we said, You know what? We met with the parents <clears throat> gave him another chance you know, so now he 's back in our program, and the other girl you know we 're dealing with that too over time so it 's not all wonderful, glorious things because we are you know we 're coming in we God has a purpose for that community. Because we are a gospel-centered community that is being well-prepared, that has been well-prepared. When we were ready, God sent us there. You know. um, I share this because I've been well-prepared by this church. Okay? Um... I've experienced more of God's love through people here. And it gave us a picture of what we should be doing. Um, Years ago, it's so many, so many examples from here. So, how can we walk in this journey? It's good things are happening here because it's so easy, you know, I'm sure. I can't even imagine what you guys have gone through the last few years because I've not been here. It's easy to look inside during that moment. But God is working here. Today is a demonstration of how God has been working here because He confirmed it. Right? The message, the Word of God, everything is being confirmed. God is working through this church. God is working through each one of you guys here. You know, we, we need to pray for endurance, right? It's, it's a journey. This, this is just a season. You know, this is a new school year for us. So it's a new chapter. The old chapter, I don't ever hope, we don't want to go there anymore. That's over, you know. So now we don't even have time to look backwards. Okay, so we're staying focused now. We know where we're headed, but let's just keep moving, you know, by God's grace. You know, I don't want each of you, in this season of your life, I don't really know where each and every single one of you are okay but one thing is that we will be praying for this church we will be praying in oriani that this church which god is building is going to keep moving keep influencing frederick maryland haiti different parts of the world okay let's pray Father, we, we thank you for your word, because it's all sufficient. Thank you, Lord. You have equipped people, you have trained, um, you are building your church. We are truly blessed that you would let us participate, uh, you would work through us. To reach people, and here in Frederick, in Oriani, Haiti, uh, wherever you have your church uh, to influence. Thank you, Lord. I just pray that you would fill this church with your love. I just pray that um, the church here would have a beautiful vision for Frederick. And you would carry them through the next stage. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.